Live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the Pods Moving and Storage Studio, this is The Ramsey Show. It's where America hangs out to have a conversation about life, specifically your money, your mental health, your relationships, and your work. They're all tied together. Isn't that interesting? I'm Ken Coleman, joined by Dr. John Deloney. The toll-free number to jump in is 888-825-5225. That's 888-825-5225. We've got a fabulous audience uh, in the lobby of Ramsey Solutions. Uh, people are just fired up. They're clapping or air clapping. They're giving John the rock sign. What is that thing that you do? Is that is that called something, or is it just the universal sign for I like rock and roll? What is that? I think it depends on what kind of mood you're in. It, it's adaptable. I think it's adaptable. All right, good. Because yeah. you make your, it's your thing. It just, it's a and default realize, setting. I've been to a lot of rock and roll shows. Yeah. It just happens. You do. You go to those things. Yeah. I'm like always them. inspired by I that. Like I, here I am. I'm sitting on my back porch watching golf, and I'll pull up Instagram, and John's at a mosh pit. And I'm thinking to myself, <laughs> it's not me, man. When I was a kid, I'm impressed. When that I was you a do kid, this. there was always one old guy in the mosh pit. And now it's you. And I realized the other day, I was like, oh, I'm that guy. It's I'm that you. guy. Yeah. And I'm sitting there going out of admiration, but I'm also going, yeah, it's a little too loud and sweaty for me it's very loud and very sweaty i like the golf the guy talks like this now putting a 25 foot putt and you want noise and sweat and it's fantastic I, my so counselor recently my counselor recently asked me where's a place that like you can be fully you and i was really the mosh pit yeah well i, I don't have to be on like I, you got to be yeah. on for he, he, at work you got to be on yeah oh it's right there it's there i'll tell you one other place that i've had the unfortunate reality to witness is uh on the back of dave's ski boat when we are tubing and he's trying to murder us and i'm next to the tube and john and john we're both in our 40s and john is trying to come off of his tube and climb onto mine and all i can think about is john's significant knee or elbows going into my face and killing me that's what it might and he's like a two-year-old out there he's having so much fun i'm like be safe no my favorite my favorite comment you've ever made to me was <laughs> hey knock it off yeah <laughs> so true i told him i go work i'm gonna die on this lake we're going 80 miles an hour down a lake yeah and I'm jumping tubes. By the hey, way, if you wonder if you wonder if Dave is gentle in dragging the tubes, no. He's truly trying to maim us. Uh, it is it is quite the scene to behold. But enough of that. Let's get to your calls. Gabriel's joining us in Atlanta, Georgia. Gabriel, how can we help? Good afternoon, gentlemen. How you doing? We're having a blast. What's up? Hey, uh, my question is, how do I get my wife and I to be on the same page with our spending habits? Tell me about your spending habits. Well, right now, for the past month, we've been on a budget, and it's going great. I mean, seeing where our money is going. Uh, the thing is, I'm, I'm getting a new job. I'm starting this coming week, and my wife just started a new job last week. And we're basically going to be making more money than we ever have uh, awesome. together. And so, I mean, that's a great blessing. Um, just for information, this, what are you guys going to be making together? So combined is about ninety thousand three hundred. Great. Free tax and free benefits, you know, like healthcare. Excellent. Congratulations. Um, on top of that, I have a second job, uh, which I estimate I can make about thirty thousand doing that second job as well. Is that in addition to the uh, ninety combined? Correct. In, okay. a, in, in addition, right? We're forty-two thousand five hundred dollars in debt, and. I uh, estimated our annual spending. This is just our four walls and what it takes to take care of our dog. Um, is about 48380 12000 of that is the uh, 
GOK fund, um, which is uh, the God Only Knows fund. <laughs> so, okay. Could you explain that a little bit more? Is that your emergency fund? So, no, that, that's going to be our annual spending. The 12K there, that's just like I, put, I just I don't know exactly how. I really don't know how my spending has been until now. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to say add to that budget or that annual budget, $1,000 for, you know, brakes on the car or an emergency vet visit or, you know. All right, here's the deal. Like here's that. the deal. Here's the deal. You can. Wait, total total debt is 40000 about. Is that what you said? Correct. 42000 Okay. So you can do one of two things, and you and I will still be friends. Kin to. Okay. Is that cool? I'm not ready to commit to that yet. Okay. <laughs> Oh. I'll still oh, be your friend. On, <laughs> I'm kidding, of course. You can do one of two things. Thing number one is you can look at your finances and your new marriage and your new jobs, and y'all can come up with a plan that works for you and your family and your home. That's great. Knock your lights out. Go get them. We'll still be friends. We'll still hang out. All that's cool. Or you can take the simplest, most direct path that millions of people have done and get your butt out of debt and start having the marriage and the sleep and the hooking up with your wife and the vacations and the families that you want to have, you can pick. Yes. I, it's actually funny you say that because I feel like I want to go 80 miles an hour uh, just full gunning it, and my wife kind of wants to go 30. Can okay, I, but let me like, – oh, I, I, I can already tell you why. Can I tell you why she wants to do that? Because it's Gabriel's plan? Nope, because you are going 85 miles an hour in 50 different directions. You don't even know – You've got the God Only Knows Fund, and I'm not sure you explained it well, but I'm going to take a stab. He doesn't even know what it is. You don't even know. It's just a lump sum of money every month that you're not sure where it's coming from. So my friend, your opening question was, how can my wife and I get on the same page? And the answer is, you can't get on the same page when you don't even know what's on your page. You're throwing, like, you're in a library throwing books at her, and you're like, why don't you read these books? And (laughs) she's dodging books. I think she's going, slow down, bro. We don't even know what's in the God Only Known God only knows fund. I think she's right, by the way. It's so, so yeah, so the, the God only knows fund, that's just like, it's like that we don't know what's going to happen, you know, when, when, when exactly we're going to need the tires or maybe something for the Okay, well, that's um, different. That's so not how that we heard it. Uh, but listen, listen to me, listen to me. Yes, sir. $1,000 in, in, a, in a savings account. That's it. And it should scare the crap out of you. You shouldn't be able to breathe. Because you only have a thousand dollars in savings, and every other penny goes to paying that forty grand off. What is the forty-two, forty? We only got about a minute. Give me real quick. What's the forty-two okay. grand? So forty-two grand is uh, twenty-three. Uh, twenty-three thousand is uh, student loans. Eight thousand is car. Another eight thousand is credit card. And then the rest are, is a bit miscellaneous between my brother and All right, here's the deal. Um, mechanic. Here's the deal. You make really good money. You just laid out a $120,000, rough, roughly $120,000 income. You guys should be able to crush this very quickly. No more, what about this? What about that? It's We're going to sign up. Now, here's the deal. I need a yes or no answer. Do you want to do it the way that we've taught millions of people to do it? Yes or no? Yes, sir. All right, hang on the line. What are we giving him, John? We're going to give you Financial Peace University, the whole class, all the lessons, and I'm going to give you and your new wife the Every Dollar app premium version that will link with your bank for a year. 
We're hooking you up. You got to watch every lesson and you got to decide we're going to do this path the right way. And then in no time at all, you're going to be free, man. You're going to be free. Huh? I can already, I can already hear him snoring with peace, financial peace. Good stuff. Hey, thank you, young man, for the call, Gabriel. Your best is yet to be, I promise. This is The Ramsey Show. Welcome back, America. You've joined The Ramsey Show. I'm Ken Coleman. I'm joined by my colleague, Dr. John Deloney. And uh, John and I have the uh, really fun privilege uh, on our Building Wealth Tour as we've been out on the road. Some of you have been to these events. We have, I guess they call it a pre-session before Dave comes out and speaks. And uh, we really just sit there on two chairs and we take questions live from the crowd. And obviously, John is in the area of mental health and relationships and and then I'm in the area of work, and and you just can't talk about mental health these days without talking about work, because a lot of times work, the area where we spend most of our lives, is very, very stressful in a not healthy environment, and that has obvious impact on your mental health, which then, if you're not handling all that well, you're dragging that stuff at home. And so we take those questions. And so, John, I shared this uh, data uh, on my show today, and I and I wanted to bring it in because, again, this is... This is uh, fascinating stuff. Uh, the number two gur- Google, not gurgle, Google, the number two Google search phrase um, with the blank, I'm feeling blank at work. So this is a pretty popular search. I'm feeling blank at work. And the number two um, uh, search phrase is left out. Then what to talk about at work is being searched more than ever in the U.S. So as they look at the trends here, this is a clear trend. Now, it's not just a workplace issue. How to make friends, where to meet people. Both of those phrases currently at all-time highs. So what we're talking about here is when someone is searching for, uh, I'm feeling left out at work, give me some help. There is a longing to belong. There's a longing for connection. Um, And let's add one more to this pile to get you to weigh in. How to make friends is currently 70% higher than how to make more money. Yeah. So I led off on today's show where I focused on work. It was a little bit of a uh, bait and switch, but it was not the switch. And it was more people are searching for friends than they are raises. Yeah, I and think, the data doesn't lie. No, I, th- I think the conversation we're having co- globally and culturally about this loneliness epidemic, the idea that when your body recognizes it is lonely, you don't have anybody to call in the middle of the night to keep your kids if your wife gets sick. You don't have anybody to come over to your house and help you move a couch. You don't have anybody to fill in the blank. You don't have anybody to call. Think right now. If you're sitting somewhere quietly, think right now. You get a call that your mom or dad passed away. Who would you call? And if you have to think more than two seconds, there's probably a chance your body is trying to get your attention. Yeah. And so everybody's reading this data and it's coming out all over the place. Everybody's talking about loneliness, which is awesome, but it doesn't uh, cover over the fact that we got nowhere to go. So people are going to work and trying to solve this. Like, uh, how do I make? How, I'm, I'm left out at work. I don't. I don't. How do right. I even connect? And then it goes to a tools issue. I don't know how to do this. Right. Well, or a skills issue. I don't know how to do this. Yeah. And I don't. I don't. And I don't know that it's a hundred. I don't know that it's they're trying to solve it at work. It's just we spend more time. That's where at they. Work. That's where they go with other people. And, and so anytime I'm engaged in something, 
Yes. And I'm a part of other humans. I'm trying it's to naturally see yes. where am I at in this whole deal, and and we need connection. Now, does your best friend in the world need to reside at work? I don't think so. Yeah. It's fine if it is. It's not needed. But the idea of just having a connection, and it was stark to me that this is what people are searching. I feel left out. And there is a growing movement. I don't know if you've seen this. I share a lot of this on my show because uh, I've been fighting this issue because I just don't think you can thrive at work and grow professionally and financially, just speaking on pure financial and professional growth, if you are isolated at work. You can do a good job, yes, but there's a growing movement on social media where it's like, I'm just going to go to work. I'm going to do my job. I don't want to be friends with anybody. And we're not saying you got to go to happy hour every night with people you work with, but while you're there, you need human connection, true or false. 1,000%. Of course. And yet people aren't feeling that way. And so what's interesting is that people are searching this. So I'm bringing this up to you to go, what's your gut take as to why that many people are going, uh, I need some tools and tips on how to not be left out. What's I, happening there? I'm going to go back to, Ken, the same advice I give people when they call and they say, my kid doesn't like me, so I don't even call them anymore. You're the parent. It's your job to mm. bridge that relationship. Okay. Very similarly, it's very easy for leaders all across the country and CEOs to point at their employees and say, they're just quitting and cashing out. Have you made an environment where they feel unified towards a common mission and they're rewarded in the right way and they are seen and they are appreciated and they're heard? These days of, I'm going to slash and burn costs until my employees, like, oh, those are over. Yep. They're over. Your business is going to fail underneath you. Or it's going to be replaced by somebody online, period. I, I had somebody uh, recently, I bought some guitars from a guy, and he, as I was leaving, he looked at me and he said, thank you for buying from us. And it was a sense that you can got, get stuff anywhere. You can get it anywhere now. You chose us. Thank you. Mm. And I want every CEO to understand that choice is continuing to expand and expand and expand. I, I can, for the life of me, I don't understand the resistance to what if we actually made coming to work a place where people wanted to be? I, I don't get it I either. don't understand it. Yeah, I don't either. Because every data point says you'll sell more, oh, yeah. you'll make more. Yeah. I don't yeah. understand yeah. it. By the way, for the leader who's failing to get this, your ability to lead is going to be a lot greater and you're going to get more done, less stress for you when you got people who want to toe their end of the line. But here's, here's two things I want to get your take on. And I shared this on my show today on this. I think that there's this left out creep has snuck up on some people. And what I mean by that is, is I'm not sure it's a conscious choice all the time, but I think people are, the, I love that you said it's kind of on you, the parent, if your kid's not talking to you. And I think on, on these people searching this on some level, there's some things they can do. And I think that social media has made us less social. We're connected but we're disconnected. We're connected to information about all the people we, we know. Get, we're communicating, but we're not connected. Yeah. That's yes. Thank you. And then I think there's something else. I, I, I wrote this down. I think that because of social media, now this is not the update and the comparison and the connect. It's just, I'm now more aware of things and 24 hour news. I feel like our country and I think the pandemic lit it on fire. I think it was happening 
And I think the pandemic made it about you're either a mask vax person or you're not. And I think politics was already that way. I think politics is even worse. And so we're at a point now where it's like, I can't be friendly with someone who I fundamentally disagree with on this, 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 and this. And I think, I guess what I'm saying is, I'm afraid that polarization, societal issues, politics, faith, pick the topic. I think polarization is pulling us apart. And I think it's isolation is the result of polarization. I, I don't know if I'm right. I, it just feels like that's part of it. Because I go to the office and I go, I could be friendly with this guy, but I heard him talk about this guy. Well, I the think other it's day. one step before that. I, I think it's hard to even know anymore. And oh, so because everybody's going, I don't want to share what I know. Instead of sharing my because because it, it 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 distills down to three or four issues, right? On either side of the aisle. Of course. These three or four things. That's right. And I'm afraid to put mine out there because I don't know what you're where you are on these three or four things. Forget the forty five million things that we have in common. It's these four things that tell the world you're on this team or this team. And so we just turtle up. And you turtle up for six months, a year. Yeah. Which is, by the way, you're right, because what to talk about at work is being searched. And I think that's people going, what can I okay, say? Okay, yeah, can I talk? How do I, how do I, how do I, right. I haven't done this for one year, two years, right. three years. I don't have the skills. How do I go back and, and do this? And that's where I'm going to go to the leader. It's, it's the, it's the leader's job. It's the boss's job to create an environment where people are interacting. Yeah. Create, just try it. Just try it. Yeah. What if you made a business for 90 days, your employees could not wait to get there? Yeah. I, love I that. promise you'll make more yep. money, even if it costs you more money out the gate. And for those of you trying to search, feeling left out, or what to talk about, here's one thing. Talk about other people. Everyone's favorite topic is themselves. Ask them about their family, their friends, their lifestyle, hobbies. And best, guess what? You're going to find people that you connect to. And just be a human. You don't have to be an expert in some topic. This is The Ramsey Show. This is The Ramsey Show, where we talk with you about your life, specifically your money, your relationships, and your work. I'm Ken Coleman. He is Dr. John Deloney. The phone number is 888-825-5225. That's 888-825-5225. All right, let's go. Oh, wait a second. I got to mention something, John. This is pretty exciting. Now, years ago, Stacy and I, we taught two financial piece, or we facilitated rather, two FPU classes back in Atlanta when we lived there. And uh, it was some of the most life-changing, fun stuff. We still uh, stay in contact with some of the couples uh, that we met uh, in those classes and uh, certainly something that changed our life. And if you haven't heard this, John, uh, Rachel, Jay, George, and myself were all teaching, uh, facilitating Financial Peace University classes. They're calling it Take FPU with a Personality. And uh, so uh, mine is coming up. Um, and this is going to be a lot of fun. I did my prep yesterday, John. Sign I, up for Ken's class. Sign up. As you well, I was nervous that I would even be able to operate the Zoom, if I'm being completely honest. But after oh, I've the, got a guy helping me. The crack course at uh, the team over there. And then I know that Alex Les is, is going to be with me on okay. making sure. Alex is with me. He, you he, got Alex. He basically makes sure I'm in the century. I'm having a blast. And yeah. man, sign up for Ken's class. You're going to have so a good what's time. One of the, what's one of the most fun things that's happened for you? As you're sitting there. The level of vulnerability. People, they, they came okay. to, they, they came to, to, to play. There they came go. to be serious. And so they want to change your life. Well, fantastic. 
like, well, I'm going to be joining. It's going to be a Wednesday evening and Friday evening uh, course option, and it starts next week. So if you want to jump in and that's a good time frame for you, go to FPU.com. That's FPU.com, and you'll find the class uh, with me. We'll see you there. Jeremy's up next in Raleigh, North Carolina. Jeremy, how can we help? Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. What's up? Uh, I am. I have a question regarding, or really for Ken and uh, career-wise, but currently I'm about two years into my MBA, mm-hmm. and um, I'm considering switching uh, to my MSA, my Master of Science in Accounting. Okay. Uh, my career path is to be a uh, controller with my CPA certification, and so I just wanted to get Ken's perspective on that. Yeah, okay. So um, you're two years into the MBA. How much time is left? And then the second part of the question is, I'm assuming you've done the homework, and what would happen? Like, do you add what would time? transfer? What would transfer over to the MSA? Sure. So I'm about two years in. I have about another year and a half left with my MBA. Okay. Uh, I'm actually with the with the change from MBA to MSA would also be transferring schools, uh, just a better mm-hmm. better uh, program. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, if I were to completely change to the MSA, it would be about three three and a half years. If I were to uh, continue my MBA and then get my Master of Science in Accounting, it would be about four years. Okay. And how much additional money to move over to the MSA? How much out of your pocket? Uh, Well, that's, yeah, so that would be the great thing is uh, my employer just came out and offered that they pay for it. So up until this point, I've been cash flowing it, but now uh, my employer would be willing to pay for it. Uh, They would be willing to pay f- to finish my MBA and then go on to my MSA. But in the homework that I've been doing about switching, uh, I've started to have this consideration of just, you know, uh, foregoing the MBA and going right to the MSA. Can you sit for your exams with your MBA? I know a lot of controllers that have MBAs. Yep, I do too. Uh, you can. At f- you just, just to be, well, at least for the state of North Carolina, you have to have uh, 20 graduate uh, accounting hours aside from your basic accounting classes mm. so it's it changes or varies from state to state um but i know for north carolina the msa gets you very close to what you need for that do you want to know i'm saying can you contri- can you finish your mba in a year and sit for these exams i don't believe with the the course of study i'm in currently uh, it is possible, I'm sure, maybe with a different tailored plan, you know, an MBA in accounting with an emphasis in accounting or so. That's what I, I don't I, know for sure. I, I need you to get sure. I, think I don't John's think on that's. Something. I, 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 I'm just telling you. I, I'm thinking, yep. and I'm trying to run through the controllers I know personally. They all have MBAs, and so sure, maybe they just say they have MBA because they don't want to explain what an MSA is. But I think you can, if you have enough graduate hours in accounting, which in an MBA class you should. Man, because here's what I want you to look at. I want you to look at lost time, too. Mm, We talk about like uh, um, a degree costs this much money. This takes this long to do it. But you lose the wages you can learn on the back end, too, while you're in school. And so there's just a cost to your life, man. So there's a lot here on paper that you gave us. Um, But what I don't understand, if do you want to stay at this company long term? Your current company yes. that's willing to pay. Okay. And so are they willing – they're not willing – did I understand they're not willing to pay for the finishing of the MBA. They're only willing to pay for the MBA if you then go on to the MSA. Did I understand that correctly? 
they would pay for, they open the door to me to figure out what I want to do and they'll pay for my school. Okay. Well, to John's point, I'm not sure you answered my question, but I, I, I want you to dig into, can I make a couple adjustments on the MBA program and not have to do the MSA? Because I think John's right. The time on this is a lot of schooling. And, and if they like you and value you and they want you to move up the ladder, I would get their take on it as well. That's why I asked, do you want to be there long term? Because it sounds to me like they value enough to offer this and they see a path of growth, which I love this. But uh, I just think you have to look at both situations. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what I do a lot of times on my show. I, you called to ask us, but I think you have a pretty good gut feeling. And I want to know which way you're leaning. I would say the MSA just because that would – and the MSA program that I'm looking at would give me – would get me three out of the four uh, tests through the CPA exam. Perfect. And then it would be up to me to get the And you four. can carry your job, and you could still win at the job and still move up? Yes, sir. All right, so it sounds like I've been talking out of both sides of my mouth. That's exactly what I did. I had my degree, and I went another four-plus years of five years. My company paid for it. And that's what I did. So if Ken pushed you and you answered, as far as I'm concerned, you answered that the right way. I think he did. This is in your soul. You're going to come out here with the, with almost all the way to licensure. That makes a lot of sense yeah. to me. And, and the reason I'm slam dunk on it is because he wants to be there yeah. long term and they've proven they want him. The only, the only thing I would challenge you on as just a guy from higher ed is just the currency of an MBA is different than an MSA. You could tell somebody at a cocktail party, hey, I've got an MBA, and they might be looking for somebody XYZ, and you're going to go, oh, okay. So if you're this close to the end of that credential, man, I, I would take a long, hard look at that before I walked away from an MBA MSA. If you're right there and somebody's paying for it, that's just, that's just something yeah. to consider. Would you consider me coming back to my MBA after I finish my MSA? Yes, I'm 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 a slight disagreement with my friend, but he's also comes from an academic world where he's in conversations where people give a crap about an MBA. Uh, I I I hang out with business people that don't give a crap, and I think that if you yeah. want to move up the ladder, so it's not that I I don't disagree with John. I'm just saying I think the MSA is the move if you want to come back later and get the MBA after you find out if it matters or not. But I also understand the spirit of which he's saying it. You're already in it. Uh, but I want you to get on the right ladder, and uh, I think you're going to make the right call either way. But I, I, I just tell you this, the training to get the exams, to get the promotion. Somebody's paying for it. That's all, that's all why the boxes I'm, are that's checked. That's why I'm in agreement with you on moving to the MSA. But neither one, neither choice is going to be bad for you. You're a, you're a rock star. And can I just compliment you? It's a big stinking deal when a company's willing to pay for that kind of education that means they're investing in you, and I hope you walk taller tonight because that's that's really great. We're really proud of you. Yeah, thank you guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, you bet. Interesting stuff there, you know. And I think I think more people ought to go to their companies and go, "Hey, here's an idea. Don't be don't be you know arrogant about it. Don't be demanding, but just go. Hey, if I were to go get this, would you be willing to invest in me? Because I'd like to be here. What are your thoughts? Here's a uh, something I did. Um, I didn't even go that route. I said, hey, you provide this much professional development. You fly me to a conference every year, and it costs about 2500 bucks all in. Right. That's what the cost of one graduate class is. Can I trade? Because I think this class Love would be a better for our company, and my boss went, done. No, not even a quick done. Absolutely. And that, that ended up being a great thing for us. I love it. That is good stuff there. Hey, uh, really, really fun call there. I love that. All right, don't move. We got more of your calls coming up. This is The Ramsey Show.
Welcome back, America. You're joining the conversation here on The Ramsey Show. I'm Ken Coleman, joined by my colleague, Dr. John Deloney. The phone number to jump in on the conversation about your life, specifically your money, relationships, and work, is 888-825-5225. Our scripture of the day comes from Psalm 90, verse 12. So teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. And then our quote from Frank Sinatra. As smooth as he was... This may be his greatest contribution. I'm going to live till I die. And he dropped the mic. <laughs> was Frank drunk when he said that? Or was he just feeling... Uh, like he was just being wise. Philosophic. Yeah, I'm going to live until I die. Didn't need to add more to that. Pretty strong stuff. I it's love it. pretty wise. Yes, it is. All right, let's go to New York City, the Big Apple, where Brian awaits. Brian, how can we help? Hello, Brian. Hi, how are you? Thanks for taking my call. You bet. What's going on? Um, so I'm looking to purchase a used car. We follow the plan. We saved up all our money, but every dealership we go to uh, is willing to give us more or less five hundred to a thousand dollars off if we were to finance instead of paying up front. Because so they make more money, they have an incentive to finance the cars from their dealership. They are trying to make themselves yeah. more money. They are not your friends. So would you say forego that $1,000 discount? I can tell you what. I just bought a new car a few months ago, and I said, I'm not doing that, and this is what I'm going to pay for this car. And I actually ended up punting out probably two or three extra months, and um, a really remarkable guy um, from the dealership ended up calling me back, and we shook hands. Oh, that, uh, yeah, that, that's so, better. Uh, we, were, we were thinking of putting maybe like 95% down and then maybe trying to just pay it off all at once to get that discount. Maybe I, I, I understand that mathematically. It makes sense to me to say like, well, fine, I'll take the thousand bucks. I'll go through all the rigmarole. Um, I don't, I, I don't want to participate in the game. And so if somebody says, Hey, I'll give yeah. you a thousand dollars off, then that's telling me you can. So cool. That's the new price. You just said it. I'll, I'll write you a check right this second and I'll hand you a check. And if you don't want my check, I'll walk out the door. Oh, okay. I appreciate it. Yeah, and all, all I can tell you is that's how I'll do it in my house. Like, you know, I'm sure someone could sit down and, and, and map out the math better than that. I'm just not going to play that game, man. Yeah, I I agree. And would you have reservations with purchasing something secondhand? I'm, I'm not a car guy. Obviously, I could save a lot of money. I have the cash. What do you mean by secondhand? Uh, just, uh, rather a uh, a private sale. No, than a, I do it all. I, I got to tell you, yeah, I've done it all the time. Yeah, you know, but let's let's do this. Uh, ask them if they'd be willing to let you take it to your mechanic. Figure it out. Yeah. You know, and if they aren't, and if they feel shady when you look them in the eye and you're asking basic questions, then, you know, if it's too good to be true, it's from my experience, it's true, certainly when it comes to used cars. But, um, man, I'm going to tell you something. I, I'd be all over Facebook Marketplace, Craigslist, whatever. I mean, uh, private selling right now. I mean, people are, are much more willing to, to negotiate. And if you show up with cash, I'll never forget. First time I bought uh, a car from someone else. I was probably in my late 20s, you know, and I was just looking for something to upgrade. And and, uh, and I, I I walked up to the guy. I liked the car. I looked at it. it I think it was an Infiniti J30. It was silver. And yeah, it was a pretty cool little car back then. And I and I and I he was asking. I think 7,500 for it or something. And uh, I walked in with 6,500 dollars. I mean, to this guy's house in his driveway. I looked at it. I liked it. And I literally pulled out $6,500 in cash 
and put it on the hood. It wasn't dramatic. I just went, this is what I can offer you. I can't offer you anymore. This is all 6,500 in cash. And he went, well, young man, I believe you got yourself a deal. Right. And I just think that's more likely to happen when you're talking to a real person who doesn't have margins and a manager and all those other things. So, yeah, I would go secondhand all day long. All day. Uh, we're going to put a link in the show notes to an article on how to buy a used car, and it will walk you through all the steps you can take. Um, I know that many mechanic shops across the country have a deal. You know, for 350 bucks or 500 bucks, we'll look at your yeah, at a used right. car or 150 bucks, whatever it may be. We'll look at your used car, we'll do a, our 128 point inspection, we'll run through it and and we'll just look take a take a quick look at it. But I I think I would have I would do that with any one of my used cars, but I mean, I wouldn't think twice about secondhand yeah. uh purchases. And Brian, you know it's not the best deal. You called us to get our take. There you go. But trust your gut. You were right. Let's go to David now in Santa Monica, California. Oh, I love me some Santa Monica Pier. I could smell the food right now, John. Let's go, David. How can we help? Uh, Hi. Thank you guys, first of all, for taking my call. My girlfriend has high expectations uh, for a house. Uh, How do I afford it? (laughs) David, why are you dragging us into this? By the way, what? your tone is, I don't think you can afford it, and you know you can't afford her expectations. Uh, well, that's, uh, but how do I, I mean, she earns a decent uh, living, and we're kind of thinking about whether, you know, it's time for us to, for me to maybe propose, and, you know, but I want to set this out right before uh, <laughs> David uh, you're my no, hero and, and that's why I want you guys advice All right. you Here, me no here's you know, my advice. I'm going to be like no here's my advice advice number one is um, and there, there's a moral aspect to this let's put that aside the business wise mathematically don't buy a house with somebody until you're married there are legal protections okay. to home ownership yep. that don't apply when you are just dating somebody Okay. If you are married and y'all get a divorce and you sell the house, there is a, a, a legal structure for how that, that separation works. If you are just dating, then you're talking forensic account. You're talking a mess. I didn't pay that. You paid the rent. I paid the... Oh, my gosh. So that's step number one. Let's pretend y'all got married. Y'all go down to JP next week and y'all get married and now you're going to buy a house. Okay. There's a simple set of steps. You can have the highest taste in the world, the greatest standards in the world. That is awesome. I love all that. If you can't afford it, you can't afford it. This right. is this isn't well, a matter of taste. This is a matter of math. Mm-hmm. And uh, unrealistic well, expectations. My math. Uh, <laughs> I can't afford. I'm not even uh, talking about what your guys' ratio is. I'm talking about right what. Then you can't afford it. So, David, David, listen. So, so you have to tell her this because if if you were to somehow try to make this work, those unrealistic expectations that she's got right now, and you start working through this, and you go, "I'm already there. There's no way." Then she needs to know that her expectations are unrealistic, and thus she's going to deal with unmet expectations. Then we're going to find out if she wants a ring. And what you're this is the reality relationally for you guys right now. Yeah, you are going to be trading a house that you can't afford. For anxiety, yep. extra depression, yeah, for I'm, stress no, that you no, don't no, need, no. you're going to choose to I die young. But I want to give her a number uh, because she's she's going to come back at me and say, "Oh, okay, so if we can't afford this number, what what number can ten we? To tw- what can afford? we put ten to twenty percent cash down, and what is not more than twenty five percent of our take home salary every month? There you go, as a mortgage payment. 
period. I yeah. bought a house two and a half but, years ago. That's the same ratio I use. Ken bought a house. That's the same ratio. That's, that's, no, 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 no. But what, 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 what her comeback to me will be is, listen, you bought your condo uh, when you couldn't, and technically I couldn't afford it back uh, what I was earning back then, which was 12, 15 years ago. But now because I bought in a great neighborhood and I have qu- qu- quite a bit uh, of equity in it, that's uh, when you get married, sell your condo. Brother. Say, Why don't you use this same rationale? Well, number one, you could say I was young and dumb. And if we want to go back 15 years, I was an idiot. Yeah, but I'm, I want to know if does this woman want you? Yeah. Or does she want a house? Y'all don't need to get married right now. I, I got to tell you, man, I, I, I don't know, John. I don't have a good feeling about this because your comebacks are all based on. You agree with us, but all you're telling us is no, what no, she's going to say. <laughs> yeah, but my friend, what do you you agree with this because you believe it? So forget what John and I think. You believe it, and yet all you're worried about is her comeback. And I think you guys are miles apart on her this. Her comeback is a kid in a in a sandbox. Like I'm taking my ball and going home. Yeah, we all did stupid stuff 15 years ago. Thank God we survived him. I'm not doing it again. I love you, and I love our future, and I love our relationship, and I love our future marriage more than I do trying to get the the bathrooms to look just right. I'm not going to live that life. No house, no ring yet, David. All right, John Deloney, great hour. I want to thank the team for keeping us on the air, and you, America, for listening. This is The Ramsey Show. Hey, folks, Ken Coleman here. Did you know The Ramsey Show is one of the most popular podcasts in the world? To get your daily dose of advice on life and money, check out all of our shows from The Ramsey Network wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, it's James, producer of The Ramsey Show. This episode is over, but check the episode notes for links to products and services you heard about during this episode. Thanks for listening.